Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, we invite you in. Numbers to dial up, 466-3776-3776. Toll free where you can hear us across the great state of Nebraska, one 800 825 5865, available on the stream as always, ESPN, Lincoln, Facebook, and Twitter. And give Hale Varsity Radio's Twitter handle a follow. It's a a brand new handle, sort of, kind of. It's an infant at HVarsity Radio. Find me at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, and Herbal Essence at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Uh, We will spend time with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. In about 20 minutes, uh, Blackshirt Husker NFLer co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. Big show for them tonight as they look at Illinois. Uh, Jay Moore with us in the 5 o'clock hour. And then a sit-down with Husker wideout Marcus Washington as he is going to probably see the football quite a bit on Saturday. I know Palmer is uh, a big-time option for Nebraska, but Washington's had some really good moments that transfer from Texas and he and uh, Casey Thompson have great chemistry. So uh, if Nebraska is to do what they have not done in quite a while, that's take down a ranked team. It will be through the air with a little bit of ground goodness for the big red rushing offense. Can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. We'll dive into you know, making your judgment on Mickey. Really good uh, email bag with Mitch Sherman. And that was one of the questions that came into him. Elijah and I will beat that up a little bit. But I want to get your thoughts, Elijah. Let's roll our sleeves up here a little bit on Illinois. What do you make of the fighting Illini? Yes, they've won six straight. Yes, they're six and one. They are king of the West. They have done the heavy lifting of uh, Minnesota, of Wisconsin, of Iowa already. They're coming off a bye week, and uh, they are looking to hurt. They are physical. They're big. They're mean. They're talented, and Bielema knows how to do his thing. But are they are they are they real or are they fake? And that sounds very very disrespectful. I don't mean fake as in. They're, they're, they're posing here as a first-place team. I don't mean that at all. They, through no fault of their own, they've done what's been in front of them, and that's when six straight. They're a far cry from that team that couldn't stop Indiana on a 75-yard drive. How absurd does that sound with the number one defense in the country? 
It sounds crazy, but that's how they lost. They were up 20 to 16 in that ball game. But what I'm asking here is Illinois, do we really know how good they are? Right? And this isn't the uh, the Isaiah Roby question I'm throwing out there. Man, just imagine when he realizes how good he can be. I think Illinois is very good. I think Lovey left a good cupboard. I think Bielema brought a great culture. You've meshed that. And he has tough dudes that are really skilled and talented. And he is a, a rough and no-nonsense coach. You're going to play downhill. And uh, you're going to play downhill offensively and defensively. Through no fault of their own, the Fighting Craig Bowles, Wyoming, not prolific. Love Wyoming. At Indiana, lost that one. Virginia, getting better. Athletes, still Virginia's been untapped and unimpressive for decades. Chattanooga, shutout. At Wisconsin, 34-10. Got my attention, got your attention, and we kind of called it, though, as as shaky as Wisconsin was, and then here comes Bielema on top of the familiarity, <laughs> on top of wanting to stick it to the school that he left because they wouldn't pay him. You, that, that was predictable. And then Paul Chris got whacked. Iowa, 9-6. to six. Iowa was an eyelash from an elbow being down, getting an 85-yard scoop and score to, to defensively will a win in a 9-6 to six slugfest. You knew it was going to be 9-6 to six between those two incredible defenses. It's, in, it's fascinating, quite frankly, that there's five field goals made, that people crossed the 50 <laughs> five times uh, between the two teams. There's Minnesota. 26-14, that was impressive. But they won at Wisconsin. They protected home field against Iowa. They protected home field against Minnesota. And now they're on the road in Lincoln. To be honest, uh, it, to me, my judgment with Illinois will come at Michigan. Illinois has a great shot to be a 10-1 a football team, a 10-2 football team, and then go either rematch Michigan or take down Ohio State, assuming Penn State doesn't get hot. And spoil the party. And and make a run. But that's that's what I foresee. Real or fake? Illinois, what do you think? Defensively, their numbers are incredible. Let me run this down for you. Illinois has allowed a whopping five touchdowns in 89 drives. Illinois allowed three touchdowns in the last 63 drives. Illinois' third in defense um, when it comes to uh, in their last six wins when it comes to third down conversion. Excuse me. I got to write more legibly. Third down conversion is at 20%. Teams uh, right now in their last six wins, 16 of 79 on third down. Mind you, Indiana was 9 of 19. They've allowed a whopping 17 points in the second half. They've allowed one touchdown all year in the fourth quarter. Is that because of who they've played? Again, not their fault. Or is it because they are that good? And I think it's somewhere in the middle. There's some gray area. They, they Really? I mean, the, the most points they've allowed all year is 23. They allow 8.5 a game. They're good. They've got multiple sack artists. They have good 
interceptors. They have good defenders in the back, the, the back four, back seven. I mean, they, their back end complements their front end, and that's impressive. Offensively, they got a great running back and a mindset on the offensive line. They know who they are, and they've known it immediately. That, to me, is what's real about them, and it's taken them short order to, to rally, buy in. And then they saw success last year uh, against Penn State. They saw success in game one against Nebraska. And I think what is going to be dangerous Saturday, and Mickey asked for it, we'll hear from Mickey Joseph. Mickey knows crowd's got to be a 12th man on Saturday. How you beat Illinois Saturday is with some help. And you've got to you've got to see an effort out of your defense, uh, similar to trying to stop Kenneth Walker. You don't have those dudes here in 2022, so it could be a tough day for Nebraska, uh, matching physicality. Not just Saturday, but for the long haul, Elijah. I worry about this football team being able to stand up to what's ahead. Uh, they'll want to do it. I don't know if they're going to be physically capable of doing it. My take on Illinois is this. I'll, I'll get to the, the rest of the season here in a second. I'll, it's a, I'll, that, that, that's across that bridge when, uh, when we get there type of issue for me. When I look at this Illinois team, though, I, I want to give credit where credit is due. This is a very good football team. Mm-hmm. I want to start off my comments with that by saying this is a very good football team. This is the best Illinois team we've seen in a while. But based on what I've seen so far, I'm not convinced that this Illinois team would have gone and won the Big Ten West in any of the past five seasons. Because simply put, from what we've seen so far this season, they are relatively untested. They don't have a true road victory in a sense of, you know, a a difficult road environment. And and Wisconsin was a little bit of a a different beast. That was not a Wisconsin crowd that was hyped up to watch that football game. If you remember. Because they knew the end was coming. That was a student section that didn't turn up until the end of the third quarter. They hung around for jump around and then they left if they even showed up at all. That was not a, a juiced-up 11 a.m. Wisconsin crowd by any means. Nebraska, I think, should be juiced up. The, the fan base should be juiced up for this game because you know what's on the line. I don't think Wisconsin at the time knew it was on the line against that Illinois team. You're expecting this to be, you know, oh, it's Wisconsin against Illinois. It's going to be a grinded-out football game. We're going to run 13 to 9, yep, we'll exactly. see you for a beer. Exactly. And Wisconsin fans, I don't think we're amped up for that game. So I don't think they've seen a, a really true difficult road environment. That's one aspect of why this this Minnesota team, excuse me, this uh, Illinois team has not been sold to me thus far. Another reason is they haven't really gone up against anyone with the exception of Indiana that tests their weaknesses. They have an identity in all the teams they've played so far this season, aside from Indiana who beat them, played into their strengths. Wisconsin team running the football into a, a front five or you can even say a front seven of Illinois that likes to be physical that likes to, to stop the run that's what they're built on and Illinois I said it yesterday I'll say it again today their whole game plan defensively is to force you or almost dare you to throw the football say we're gonna we're gonna load the box up we're gonna go single coverage on the outside we're gonna have a single high safety we're gonna dare you to throw the ball and see if you can get that pass off before our pass rush gets home and I mean you, you saw the result against a team like Wisconsin. They, well, they, look they, at how they, bad they, Minnesota they shut, they was shut down throwing Braylon the football. Allen. Look at how bad Minnesota was throwing the football. And when Minnesota did attempt to throw the football, it was that same issue where they, they couldn't really protect Tanner Morgan. He didn't have a clean pocket, and Minnesota's down a couple receivers this year, including uh, Ottman Bell, mm-hmm. who's their best receiver. And their options on the outside weren't good enough to beat Illinois' corners. And, uh, I mean, Minnesota, still their bread and butter is still to hand the ball to Mo Ibrahim. 
That's the, the they've, Tanner they've, Morgan is not the strength of their offense. The strength no, of their offense no, is they, still Ibrahim. Well, listen, they they have they they haven't played anybody. They haven't beat anybody that can can really, to your point, test them. They haven't played anybody that is scary with a deep threat like Palmer. Mm-hmm. Now, Nebraska's problem Saturday will be potentially what whatever they get out of the run game you've got to be somewhat balanced or at least make them respect your ability to run I don't know if that's screens I don't know if that's more quarterback run just at least to get them thinking about it you, you call a, a zone read keep by Casey pray he doesn't get murdered and let him get about six yards just so they got to respect it a little bit you call a couple three of them early they got to worry about it all game well it's important too because you're not going to beat this Illinois team from third and ten. They're great. No, on, they're, they're, they're great on third down, and they're going to pin their ears back on third and ten, even second and ten. That's not how you beat them. You, you beat them by getting yourselves to third and three, third and four, and giving yourself some easy pitches and catches against single coverage. That's what you do. I mean, Illinois is going to bring pressure on third and ten. That's what they've shown all year. They're going to bring five just about every single time, if not six, and say, if you can block us, you can beat us through the air. You know what's going to be scary too is the fact Illinois may be able to just bring four <laughs> and and drop seven. Okay, because of how uh, problematic this offensive line is. So uh, when Mickey Joseph's talking about finding a way to get Anthony Grant going, it is it is absolutely imperative. And you can uh, you can do the old swing pass. Yeah, I said it or the check down. Get him in space. That can be your supplemental run game. Uh, Give me some draw plays, quarterback run. There's any ways to keep keep them. Keep them honest and off balance. You can't punt your run game through. You got to keep trying, I guess. Even if it's as bad and as ugly as it's been the last three weeks, Elijah, you got to stick with it. I mean, you got to have a reason to give that defensive line some pause from just pinning their ears back. You heard Charlie say yesterday on the show that uh, a lot of great defensive coordinators, especially with a defense like Illinois, are going to say, play the run on the way to the pass. Mm-hmm. You, you got to get that that doubt in their mind and think, you know what, if I just try to give a pass rush here, they're going to expose me, whether that be with a, a swing pass, a screen pass, uh, a draw play, just a straight-up run play. That that something is, is going to make them pause before they get into their pass rush. Because if Illinois is allowed to pin their ears back all game, this Nebraska offensive line doesn't stand a chance. And this is just after I said Nebraska can test this Illinois team in a way that they haven't been tested so far this season. That is assuming the offensive line can keep Casey Thompson protected. That's the biggest key for this offense all game. It's it's less Anthony Grant in the run game. It's more keeping Casey Thompson protected. And Anthony Grant in the run game is a great way to take some pressure off the offensive line in that sense. But at the end of the day, it falls on that offensive line to keep Casey protected. If they can do that, this Nebraska team should be testing Illinois. Should is he be. gonna is he gonna have enough time to drop back and get a, a deep pass out to Palmer or Washington? Let's squeeze in a call. Who do we have? We have Chris on the line. Chris, thanks for calling. Go for it. Hey, great show. Thanks, yep, man. I agree that the, the the defense on Illinois side is probably I mean it's definitely not as tested and and the offense they've been played have been pretty bad, but but you gotta flip it around too. Their offense is going to be better than their numbers indicate because they've they played the three best teams in the some good defenses, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're balanced. I mean, their quarterback is good, doesn't turn the ball over, throws for over 200 yards a game. They throw over 30 times a game, so they don't just hand it off. Um, they throw over 30 times a game on average, and they've got a couple of decent wide receivers. Brown comes out of the backfield and catches. Um, you know, they might put up, you know, 40, 45 points on us. I mean, you know, um, and the flip side, we've played, you know, the worst defense in, in – 
in the Big Five in Oklahoma. I think they might be the worst defense. They're tre- tremendously horrible. Um, and, you know, we haven't played a really good defense yet. Um, so, you know, uh, Purdue was, was above average. And other than that, we've played, you know, really average to below average defenses. No, that's so, fair. Yeah, you just don't know how it's going to shake out. You know, Vegas says seven and a half. Nebraska's an underdog at home. Uh, this thing, if it, if if Nebraska can't hang, can't hang in and get some some help turnover wise, you know, Illinois could just body blow away and and bust some long runs. Yeah, Tackling's going to and worry our special me. teams too. Yeah, so, that'll I mean, be big. We've, we've been out special teaming people, and um, so if that if that keeps up and the defense can just you know, do something uh, besides, uh, you know, get tore up uh, by the run game, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, and they got a running quarterback, too. So, you know, that, that's always tough on us. If they can do something, keep them below 30, we got a shot. Chris, appreciate the call. We'll hear from Mitch Sherman on the way with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tailbar City Radio. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Take more of your calls. Coming up here towards 5 o'clock, Jay Moore, Big Red Ramp up with us. And then uh, Marcus Washington, a quick good five minutes with him. We say hi to Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Add Mitch Sherman on Twitter. It's where you find and follow him. Mitch, how we doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Schmitty? I'm good, man. I'm absolutely good. I uh, love this time of year. It's going to be a big ball game with the Illini coming in. And, you know, there, there's a, a lot to, to get into with, uh, with this uh, ball game here. And, Mitch, I wanted to get, get your take here, first and foremost, with, with Nebraska's front seven against the Illini. Mm-hmm. And not only the Illini, but zooming out, I mean, it's going to be uh, – grown man football here to end the uh, the regular season with uh-huh. the style of offenses Nebraska's set to face and matching physicalities what what Mickey Joseph talked about how do you yeah. how do you project or foresee the defense holding up Saturday and beyond are they are they capable do they have enough, have enough bodies in that front seven no I don't think so I <laughs> <laughs> I had a straight enough answer for you. I, <laughs> so we're it, on the same there's, page. <laughs> there's, there's probably not a team in the country over this next stretch of four games that's going to face a lineup of backs like Chase Brown, Mo Ibrahim, Blake Corum, and Braylon Allen that Nebraska is 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 set to go against. And it's it's good that it's coming after a bye, but it's also concerning and and I think indicative of the situation at Nebraska that there was so much talk today about the Huskers getting healed up and you know they've been they've been banged up since since their last bye their last bye was was they've played three games Mm -hmm. since the last bye and I know you don't get completely healthy 
over one week off, but it's enough time for some minor bumps and bruises to heal. And in those three games since the last bye, it was, as everyone knows, uh, Indiana, Rutgers, and, and then Purdue. So not the, not, not the physical lineup of just mashers that Nebraska is going to face here over the next five weeks. I shudder a little bit to think what kind of condition this group is going to be in physically come Black Friday. Um, and, and that's not because of, of any shortcomings that any of the defensive players, or you can apply this to the offensive side too, not because of any of their physical shortcomings, but just because Nebraska is not deep and, and already has injury issues on both sides of the ball. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take like some kind of a Herculean effort for the Huskers to stay in good shape and be ready to, to withstand the kind of pounding that these next five teams are going to put on them. Even Iowa at the end, I mean, that defense brings the hurt. And, um, you know, while the offense is, 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 is um, embarrassingly bad, uh, you know, they're going to hit you uh, with, with their defense. So five straight weeks of big boy football coming up for Nebraska. And, you know, that was the, those were the first words out of Mickey Joseph's mouth today. He said he's asked his team to match the physicality of the opposition. And that's uh, easier said than done, I would, I would uh, suggest. Mitch Sherman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Mitch, you hit on it early in the question, that the area where Illinois is going to out-physical you on the offensive side of the balls with that rushing attack is, I mean, that's what most offenses do. Whenever you look at their rushing attack, is it Chase Brown or is it the offensive line? I mean, obviously, a running game has a, a, a got to be a good mixture of both offensive line and running back. But whenever you look at that team, I mean, is Chase Brown as special as a guy like Mo Ibrahim or a guy like Braylon Allen, or is he getting a lot of help from his offensive line? He looks like it this year. I don't know that that's been Chase Allen throughout his career, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't take anything away from him. They have a good offensive line, and that's part of the reason that, that he's put up the numbers that he has. But, um, you know, he's making things happen – on his own, in addition to the help that he's getting. You know that a Brett Bielema team is going to hit you up front. I mean, you can go back to his, to his days at Wisconsin and the linemen that he produced and, and the backs that he produced, too. And, you know, it goes hand in hand. And um, Joseph also talked today about, and, and I had kind of forgotten about this, that he had matched wits with, you know, not, not man versus man, but he would coached on a staff against Brett Bielema in the SEC West, and it wasn't a great experience for Bielema at Arkansas. I think you take him out of the Big Ten and it's like he loses his superpower a little bit. You put him right back in and, and you know, all of a sudden uh, it's back. But uh, the, the, the trait that, that Mickey remembered from those Arkansas teams that LSU faced, and really that, that LSU out-athleted like a lot of teams in the SEC did against Bielema's Arkansas squads, is that they were physical and they hit you. And so, so he brings that wherever he goes. Uh, he instills that mentality. He recruits those kind of players. He coaches them and gets his assistant coaches to, to coach them throughout the week in <clears throat> how to be relentless at the line of scrimmage. And it really shows. It shows this year on both sides of the ball. Um, I would say going to his Wisconsin days, it, it did then too. But, you know, we're talking about offense. And his offensive linemen are good. But Chase Brown is also very good. You get both of those working together, and uh, this is what you have. You've got a really sound rushing attack and some play action, and then uh, high towers, uh, really talented wideout as well. Nebraska, Mitch, why do you think Nebraska's 
had such issue with with Illinois pre Bielema. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the last mm-hmm. four ball games. I mean, it looks like but, if you're an old school Nebraska fan, the wrong team's wearing the wrong helmet. Yeah, you, know, you think Lovey Smith wasn't beating much of anybody, anybody toward the end of his time in Champaign, and he was still taking it to Nebraska. You know, they didn't win that um, that 19 game mm-hmm. in Champaign. Nebraska snuck that one out, but I, I remember the just the uh, exhaustion. And, and incredible relief uh, that you know, on the face of Scott Frost at the end of that game, they got everything and more that they bargained for, and it was really just the physical nature of Illinois. I mean, and then it wasn't even so much that they were physical at the line of scrimmage; they were physical in the back, in the back seven mm-hmm. with the defense. I remember the hits that you know that Wandale Robinson and, and and the other Nebraska receivers, and if a back got into the into the second level that they were taking, Illinois just just brought the wood. And that was kind of a trademark of a Lovey Smith coach team. You know, he was never uh, discredited, I would say, for the physical style of play that he instilled with Illinois. It was more they couldn't develop offensive skill guys. Um, you know, they, they certainly recruited Chase Brown, uh, but he's, you know, he's better in this system. And, and I think part of that is because they just didn't have a consistent passing threat. You know, Lovey struggled uh, to, for whatever reason to find an offensive coordinator or a quarterback's coach who could, who could, who could develop that kind of a, a part of the game. So Bielema does not have that issue, and Tommy DeVito, the Syracuse transfer, has, has done a nice job in, in being a serviceable guy. You know, he's not a superstar. Um, he's not going to make all the throws like Aiden O'Connell did in that game uh, against Nebraska, but I think he's better than, you know, what the Huskers saw uh, with Georgia Southern, um, who put up 40 points plus and 600 yards against Nebraska. I think he's better um, than what Nebraska saw against Northwestern, um, which put up a ton of yards and 31 points. So even though Illinois hasn't been scoring a lot this year, um, I, I don't think that you can just expect they're going to come out and, and, and score 21 or 24. Uh, they, they could put up some points for sure against Nebraska, especially with the um, ability that they have to hold on to the ball, like, um, like we saw with Purdue two weeks ago. Mitch Sherman's with us here from The Athletic. Mitch, I was looking at your mailbag and, a really good question uh, that that started off uh, some of your answers, your Q and A's. But judging Mickey, this is a, a, mm-hmm. a tough stretch to to judge, but it is part of the exam, right? It's part of the audition. And you know, how are you going to look at Mickey? To me, I, I look at this football team. Do they play hard? Do they play confident? Do they do they win? Do they win some ball games? And and they've done that already. But you've got a monster test uh, to finish the year with, you know, the teams and players we've we've outlined here. When it comes to your judgment here on does he get the job or doesn't he? How are you looking at at Mickey and just the body of work? Well, it starts with the wins and losses. Um, you know, that's that's the way <clears throat> this business works, and you know, Mickey has been quick to embrace that um, from the beginning. Mickey and and you know, the people closest to him have been quick to say that he's got to win games. If he wants to be in consideration for this at the end, it's about winning games. And he's two and two, and now he's got five against a, a really tough lineup. So, I mean, in some ways it's a good t- – it's a, it's a, you're not going to sneak through this and win, <laughs> and win a handful of these games without truly earning it and truly showing – what kind of a coach you are. And it may be just too, it, there may not be a coach out there 
who could have walked in with this group and posted a winning record over Nebraska's last eight games. We'll see. I mean, it might it might just be a, an in, an insurmountable task with all that that Nebraska faced at the beginning of this and 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 the difficult situation that he was in and these and these players and assistant coaches were. We'll see. That's you know, there's five games left um, to determine. Um, how it's going to come come out. Um, I mean, I've said eight games, but it's obviously nine games that, that Mickey had um, to be judged by. But beyond that, it's it's um, you know it's about the way the team stays together. It's about the toughness that, that they show. It's about the discipline that we see on the field. Um, it's about the, the just the sense of how Mickey Joseph and his coaching style resonate throughout the organization, um, throughout the locker room, and with the staff and how people feel about playing for him and coaching for him. And, and, you know, the continue one thing that he knows uh, and and one thing that he can do without any issues um, is recruit. Now it's difficult to do that with no head coach in place, um, no head coach for the, for, for next year. I mean, these kids that he's recruiting, whether they're transfers or you're not recruiting transfers yet, but you know, junior college kids or high school kids, um, you know, they're all looking at next year. That's the first time they're going to have an opportunity to get on the field with Nebraska and, and, Nobody can tell them who their coach is going to be, so that's awfully difficult. But you know, he can still sell Nebraska and sell himself, and and um, it's been impressive. You know, while he's just gotten the one commit with Malachi Coleman this weekend, um, certainly the work that he's done to keep this class intact, intact, and repair some relationships in important areas has been impressive. You, Mitch, just quickly, fifteen seconds with Malachi's commitment. Do you think that means that that Mickey is expecting to at least be here in some capacity next season? Oh, I don't know that I take everything that you know a 17 year old says at face value i, I think mickey mickey's going to sell sell the nebraska program and sell himself in, in that situation um under the assumption that that he's going to be here but um you know that's not probably even a question that mickey can answer yet at, at this stage mitch sherman mitch we will see you on saturday great stuff as always thanks for a few minutes today Absolutely. Good to talk to you guys. All right, there he is. Good to spend time with Mitch Sherman, as always. Find him on Twitter, at Mitch Sherman. Read him with The Athletic. We'll hear from Mickey Joseph uh, on Malachi Colvin. Hail Varsity continues, presented by Currency. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman. Uh, check that interview out, the podcast with Hail Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and, of course, the full video of the show is uh, going to be on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Open phones here the next 20 minutes uh, can get in at 466-37-76-466-37-76-800-825-5865. That's the way to get in. can email chris at halevarsity.com. Trying to kind of figure out Illinois. And Mitch painted that picture. I mean, it's going to be a... A little bit of a, a running back and O-line overdose going on with just how Nebraska is going to end the year. We talk about judging Mickey uh, with his email bag. And when I look at, at Mickey, if I'm putting the old Trev Alberts sport coat, tie, and cleanly pressed shirt on, 
and I'm in the AD office, I've already seen a difference. I've seen a difference in energy. I've seen a difference in command. I've seen a, a difference in coaching. I've seen a difference in confidence. Okay. All those big words that you hear coaches talk about, I have I have seen that translate. And I've seen their preparation translate better to Saturdays because he's you know, Jimmy Walden said it a month ago. He's like, well, he's, you know, he's not knocking Mickey. He's like, you're doing what you're supposed to do at Nebraska. And, and that's, that's it. And I'm glad he's doing it because he knows it. And there's been enough said about the, the past few years. And, and you, I mean, you're, you're, you're paying for sins of, of a lot of years, either through development or misevaluations you're just thin and you shouldn't at this point in the program, whether you're interim or not, be walking into what you're walking into mm-hmm. when it comes to, the, to how thin, paper thin, razor thin, your linebacking core is or your offensive line is or your defensive line. I mean, easier said than done contingency if you got some of your super seniors or guys that were fourth-year guys that could have got a fifth-year guy that, that that bailed on you. And I don't blame them for, for following a dream. They, they'd put their time and energy in here. But when I look at Mickey and I'm judging him, this listen, this isn't to, to say no to a guy that's come in and done his job and been an incredible professional and teacher and mentor and and, and motivator you're you're supposed to do that when you take the associate head coach's role but he's delivering he's just got to deliver and wins and it's going to be a brutal ask you can drop about any coach into his situation right now and i don't know that they'll fare well i don't know that he's going to fare well and it's not him that's just the reality of it because of the depth issues we're talking about and with nebraska and mickey uh, when I judge him and look at him, I go, man, he is—he's got a lot of great things going for him. But the the deciding factor will be wins, and if they get to a bowl game, if they get to if they somehow get to six with this schedule, and it's a down Big Ten West, but it's still a physical Big Ten West with this team, with this defense, and with this offensive line, if they find a way to six. Hell yeah, you got to get him the job. And if you're at five and seven, well, let's talk about who else said no or who's thinking about it. Well, but that plays, that's the other part of this equation. We don't know who Trev's got on the line. And whatever you got to do to keep him and Bush here and Applewhite, quite honestly, give me a number. And and that's 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 up to whoever the new head coach could be if it's not Mickey. But if he can get these dudes to a bowl game, that's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. Whatever you think of Minnesota this year and their injuries, they're going to go to a bowl game probably. Iowa, to, to end the year that way with them, you know what would suck is if you're 5-6 and six going into Iowa and you're so beat to hell on the defensive side of the ball and offensive side, Iowa scores 30 on you when they haven't scored 30 all year. I could see that happening just because of, of attrition, just because of, of, of exhaustion in this league. 
and you're gonna you're gonna enjoy your bye week last week, but you're gonna you're gonna really want it in about two weeks after this gauntlet. And and was in a lot of these schools you gotta step up against have already played two of their three round robin heavyweight matches. And so if if he's if he's getting me if he's getting Nebraska to six, wow. I mean, I think that's six feels like nine with, with with what they've got in front of them. And how I think about it is think about it realistically from Trev's perspective. From Trev's perspective, realistically, at this point in the process, a month and a half into your search, you should have probably a plan A, plan B, and a plan C. Mm-hmm. Just with, with what you want to do. I, I think we're at that point where, yes, your, your plans could change, but he's probably got a, a plan he's got locked a plan up. plan A he's working on. Yes, 100%. And the job of Mickey is he has to go and change the mind of Trev and become the plan A. Because if he's not the plan A, he is not a plan. It's as simple as that. Sure, uh, fair. Mickey's not going to be a plan B guy. Your, your plan B guy, if you miss on plan A, is going to be somewhere else in the country. Mickey's task is to become that 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 A guy for, for Trev uh, Alberts. That's the, to go earn it. That's the only thing he can do. If he is not the number one option for Trev, Trev is going to go a different way. So what does he have to do to become that plan A guy? To me, that's, as you're saying, if, if you go three and two to finish this season and you show market improvements along the lines of scrimmage with physicality, with execution, you can work your way into Even, the, the plan A guy. But if if you're seeing improvements in the lines of scrimmage uh, and execution, it's not turning into wins. I don't see how that you can work your way into that. No matter how much different things look from Frost, if it's not translating into wins, I don't think you can become that plan A guy because it's too much of a risk for what you know about Mickey Joseph. Yes, he's a great coach, I'm sure of that, but you don't know enough about him as a head coach and, and him in that role to take a chance with where Nebraska's at in their program right now. You, you can't mess up this hire. No, as, as big of a, this is the biggest moment in Nebraska football until the next moment. So who's with us on yep, the whole? Paul on the line. Paul, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, I think no matter what happens the rest of the season – we have to have Mickey back next year, and I think that's probably a done deal, no matter who we end up having as head coach, hopefully Mickey. I think we really need to keep at least one, if not both, of Bill Bush and Applewhite. Uh, coach Applewhite's got great recruiting, as does Bush. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. I don't care about anything else. you got to get the recruiting fixed first. Now, a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the jury still out on Rayola as a uh, Offensive line uh, coach. That's that's a fair question. They they have not performed. Uh, in in his defense, he's come in, and I think you've got a square peg round hole with what he does well versus what Whipple wants to do. I don't think they're on the same page uh, with, with with that uh, when it comes to to those two hires. I think Whipple's really smart. He's gotten some of the talent open uh, at the wide receiver spot, but I think his linemen are best suited to probably run block, and they're, they're not doing that very well either. How much run emphasis has been, uh, been, been demanded in practice? Do you want to be a running football team, or is it just to, to keep a defense honest? What's, what's your true feel on that? Paul, thanks for the phone call. We're up against it, but... No, I don't think is a bad O-line coach. I think they're getting bad performance, but that's his job to get them to be better. We'll take more calls here to round out hour one. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Coming up here, we'll spend time with Jay Moore. Big red wrap-up. Hale Varsity presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Get a sneak Dave in. Dave, thanks for calling. Go ahead. You know, uh, 
the signing or the you know Malachi Coleman joining in, you know that that's great news. But let's face it, it it all starts up front, mm-hmm. and if a, a great offensive line can make a good running back look great, I don't think a great running back nine times out of ten can make a good offensive line look great. If the defensive line is great, all of a sudden your secondary looks great. If your sec- if your off or defensive line is just good, your secondary is under a lot of pressure. It's it. I'm glad that we got the skill players, but we've got to get high recruits along the offensive and defensive they've, lines. They've they've done that, man. You have three top 150 guys in the recruiting rankings for whatever you think of that. On campus, Teddy's hurt, of course, but you know Turner and and Ben Hart were, were super high level guys, and and you've got uh, Bando. Elijah, help me out here. Bando was, I mean, IMG kid, IMG three star. Yeah, three okay, three star, but an IMG kid. And Hickson's your, I mean, he's your best alignment, and that kid's been uh, been grinding for for years. He's a six year guy out of Scott, so. And and the guys behind him, I think uh, what Banks is a transfer, but he was a high level recruit. For, for Iowa, he's a four-star guy. So they have they've either acquired or recruited. It just doesn't look like they've developed. And maybe the bye week has given them more time to get better. But, I mean, I think we are what we are on that O-line and D-line right now. I think we just need to have some nastiness, you know? Well, you got to be good at what you're doing, though, and see some success to get nasty. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, sometimes you got to be nasty to find that success. No. They got They they got to do something. Let's face it. If and, and mind you, I, I'm a big supporter of Mickey. I hope mm-hmm. that you know Mickey has a lot of success in these final five games. But it's all going to start up front. Those guys have got to take responsibility. The uh, you know if I'm Casey Thompson, if I'm Luke Reimer, I've got to look those guys in the eye and say. You guys need to step it up. Well, I don't know that it's for lack of effort. Dave, thanks for the phone call. I think you just kind of are what you are right now. I, I mean, I said we slap me. I don't play for them. But I'm saying just in general, Nebraska has some limitations, either through development or just what they're able to do. Now, the thing that's been really cool for Mickey is he, this offense – and they found ways to at least win a couple of them. And you're going to have to you have to rely on some of the dudes that, that you were responsible for bringing in. That is Grant. That is Casey. That is Palmer. Think about where they'd be without. Those are all guys in the portal that Mickey were, was front and center on. Real quick on your friends with Red Zone tickets. Selling fun since 2001. Have tickets to buy or sell. You want to go to an event. You want to see Nebraska, Illinois about Husker Volleyball uh, or Creighton Hoops. Concerts, theater seats, CWS. It's Red Zone Tickets. RedZoneTickets.com. They are local. They are in Omaha. An A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and a 100% guarantee on all orders. You'll receive authentic tickets and experiences. Cross that item off your bucket list. Create the memories that do last a lifetime. And you do it with RedZoneTickets.com. Log on today, RedZoneTickets.com. Jay Moore, Big Red Wrap-Up. More thoughts on Nebraska, Illinois. Hour 2 on the way with Hale Varsity. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? 
Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. I, I believe he's got the sport coat on. The tie is tied. He is making his way to, to make up. Not that he needs it. Make sure he doesn't stop over here first and beat me up. Jay Moore with this Big red wrap-up. Husker NFLer. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll dive in on... Nebraska Public Media tonight uh, with Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay Bird, it's Illinois week. How are we feeling? Uh, you know, I I don't like when Nebraska fans go to this one. Obviously, we'll get into that a little more, but I'll tell you what, I do need makeup, and I need lots of it. So um, <laughs> I need all the makeup I can get. I, can, I, I have to do it, you know, honest uh, honesty here. I, have to, I do it myself. I try to get my wife's input a little bit, you know, and trying to get the shine and – you know, look somewhat presentable. You know, get the appearance right, but uh, it's hard. It's hard to get this uh, mug. I, I have a I have a facial radio, I believe. Well, I never told you that. Uh, <laughs> I never ever ever said, Jay, just stick with radio, brother. <laughs> well, it, it is more difficult to get that makeup right than you'd expect. I had to do it for for class when I was at UNL. They they made us wear makeup on camera, and I never felt like more emasculated than going to Walgreens and asking this lady to help me with my makeup. Some base. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it, I, I struggled with it, and I was like always sitting in the back putting on my makeup, and everyone's yep, like looking at I, this guy like, what's this guy doing? Yep, I've been there. Jaybird's going to revolt, and he's going to go full Charlie Sheed in Major League, and he's going to sit down and say, do, look like, do I look like a banker in this? You know, going to be a, a, a leather coat, <laughs> sleeves are ripped off. He's going to have a T-shirt and a tie uh, around. Uh, no, Jay, hey, no, I can't wait for, for tonight's episode. You know, Nebraska's healed up. But, man, it looks pretty daunting starting with Illinois with what they have coming down the pike. And I want to go here first before we, we talk Illinois. We, we ended the last uh, about half hour talking about, you know, judging Mickey's performance, right, when it comes to the job, when it comes to, uh, as, as Elijah appropriately put it, being the plan A guy. And I want to get your input, man, as a former Nebraska guy that's that's covered the program and been through uh, some arrows yourself as part of the Callahan era. How do you judge, you know, what Mickey does when it comes to that argument, that performance that either seals the, the job for him or makes it, you know, uh, 
a reality that Trev's going to go a different direction? Yeah, I think the, the first thing you got to kind of – I was having some, a conversation with, you know, former, some uh, coworkers today this, um, this afternoon. And, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't – he was, obviously wasn't put in <laughs> the best situation. No, it's tough. It, and uh, obviously talking – referring to the offensive line, defensive line situation. I mean, that is – you know, that's not good on either side of the ball right now. And so I think you have to take that into, obviously, into consideration with what Trev is looking. I, I do like, you know, the effort and the energy that Mickey's put into it. I like his no-nonsense approach to it. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. I'm, you know, here, you know, from behind the scenes that, you know, Mickey is just working tirelessly to recruit. And uh, that's, that's what you got to have. And I know that – Coming into this, that's what we knew. Mick, it was one of Mickey's strong suits was the guy could flat out recruit not only in his home state of Louisiana, but he has an ability to connect. And I think we have to have that um, in in a head coach and, and in any rest of your staff. They all have to be really good recruiters. And I, I think that's one thing to consider with him. And I, his connection with the players, you know, is is something to consider. Him only being here for you know not even a full year yet. And, you know, I, I think it's noticeable that I think Mickey has a better relationship with Casey Thompson than, than Scott Frost ever had. And I know Casey's only here, been here for a little while, but I, I think Mickey and, and Casey have a, have a connection. I think he has that connection with a lot of his, a lot of his players. And I think that's something to, con- to consider as well. And it's hard. If you, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to wins and losses. I, I, I firmly do believe that. But – you have to look at some of the other intangibles and some of the things that you might not go totally into the wins and losses to give Mickey a, a, a serious nod or a, and a serious look. And like I said, Trevor's Trevor's alluded to the attributes that he wants. You know, a, a grinder, a guy that can recruit. You know, I think that's uh, something that Mickey does possess. But again, he hasn't been given. You know. Uh, a full deck here. I mean, the, the cards are stacked against them coming in trying to fi- trying to finish this thing out. So, obviously, it's it's not going to look the way he wants it, the way we want it. And I mean, it is it is totally totally feasible that Nebraska does not win another football game the rest of this this season. That is definitely on the table, unfortunately. And it cannot totally be obviously put on the blame can't be put all on Mickey. You know, has, that has to be put on, you know, the Frost and, and what he's done the previous years in, in trying to get this team ready to prepare and, and get him ready for the season. So it, it's hard, but I, I do I, – I am liking Mickey more and more as the weeks go by and as you see other teams tend to struggle. You know, Iowa State struggle a little bit. Uh, Baylor doesn't look like, the, you know, the same thing. You know, and you, you just look at other teams around the country, you're like, man, you know, is – you know, are we looking more grass is greener on the other side with trying to find a different guy, or, or is Mickey, or is Mickey, could he be the guy? Um, you know, with that being said, you know, and we still have uh, like there's five more games yet to be played, and you know he can definitely get himself this job if this team does can find you know at three more wins. You know, this team gets to a bowl game. I think it's it's you know it's it's all over. That's that's Mickey's job. But you know they got a tough one this week in Illinois. Uh, Illinois is going to attack them in every facet that Nebraska is very poor at. You know, they run the football well. Nebraska is not very good at stopping the run. They, they have the ability after the passer. Nebraska obviously has, you know, one of the most 
you know, you know struggles the most off of the line. That's probably the worst position group on this team right now. So they're going to expose us this week. And if somehow Nebraska is able to be in it in the fourth quarter, you know, have a have a chance, you know, show some improvements over the bye week, and and, and still, you know, even that it comes out with the loss, then you still you got to look. Okay, you know, they have improved. They've done some things. You know, they're dealing with some injuries as well, but. You, you can you can uh, you can take something from that if you're looking at Mickey, you know, going into the future. Yeah, and, and Jay, what Mickey said this morning at his presser was that Nebraska's number one key to be able to, to, to stick around with Illinois is to be able to match their physicality. But whenever you look at an offensive line for Illinois, that at least on paper on film looks like it outclasses Nebraska's front seven, and a front seven of Illinois that on paper and on film looks like it outclasses Nebraska's offensive line. Does it just come down to physicality or is there just some things that you're going to be outmatched and you need to game plan around? Well, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're better than us in, you know, a majority of the categories, you know, and where, and where it matters, you know, offensive line versus their defensive line, you know, our defensive line versus offensive line. I just, you know, I don't, they, they are better than us and it shows, right? I mean, one loss, Top, you know what? There's in the top twenty in the in the nation, and and they've 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 showed drastic improvements from year year one to year two under Bielema, and they do play physical. Um, I think if we can match the physicality somehow, and, and game plan, I think I think there's going to be some game planning coming into this. I don't think we can just get up there and just hey hey we're coming at you stop us. I mean, I, we haven't been able to do that hardly to anyone this year. So that's. That's well. I'll, that's not even with any consideration. So yeah, we're going to get creative. You know, Whipple's going to get creative. I, I don't think you're going to be able to have Casey stand back there too long. You know, they have they can they're able to generate a pass rush with four. They Illinois always seem to have some really good uh, speed rushers, and so I think he's going to be able to sit back there and try to keep you know leaning on that big play with Trey Palmer. Hopefully, they're able to connect you know a few more times. But it's probably going to be some quicker intermediate stuff, and Trey's going to have to do something in the second level on his own besides trying to take the top off because I just don't think Casey's going to have the time. So that's, gonna be, that's part of the game plan. And then if you flip the script defensively, I mean, you look at with having Heinrich out, you know, and, and hopefully Reimers is able to come back and, and play somewhat. You know, Reimers struggled without having Heinrich in there, you know, and he had, when he's had to play with Houseman. He hasn't, doesn't look like the same player. And that, that's not – and it's hard. It's hard to play with a new guy. Uh, I've, I've always said, you know, when – I was playing. I was either used to playing against or playing with Titus Adams or Barry Cryer on my side of the ball on the defensive line, and then whether Ty Steinkuhler or whoever else came in the game, this was different. It's not quite the same, you know. On the you on the right fields, you the communication lacks. So that's going to be that's going to be a major issue as well. Um, and, and maybe you know it's not Houseman. Maybe it's uh, Kalarvik's able to step in there somehow and fill that fill that void. But front seven are going to be. I mean, they're going to be. They're going to be attacked. They're going to, have to, they're going to have to play well. They're going to have to play get off blocks. You know, to play physical. I don't know what they're able to do creativity wise, and be able to get some movement going from the D line. You know, you know, the stunting gaps, slanting gaps, doing certain things, bringing some run blitzes, getting creative on. You know, some if they are able to get in some third and long situations, create some some pass rush some, somehow in some way. Because I just Nebraska hasn't shown their the ability to get home with four majority of the year. You know, that's either you know that's. I don't want to say it's a knock against O'Shawn or Garrett Nelson and, and Caleb Tanner, but that's just that's just the way it is. I mean, just calling they had Sam Bell to get home, so they're going to have to probably manufacture some pressure to get home and, and try to get off the field on third down when when that presents themselves because they can't have the same situation that they had last week where you know I don't I don't think Illinois is the type of team to get you 
38 first downs, but there's something to learn from that, and you got to be able to be more efficient and get teams, you know, in third and long instead of you know third and three, third and four, where you're kind of you're 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 back against the wall a little bit, where they can run or pass on you, and you're just kind of trying to guess there. So they're going to get creative on either side of the ball because I just don't think they can match some physicality right now. There's obviously there's some depth issues. There's there you know they have some playing some younger players. So we'll, we'll have to see what it is. I mean, it doesn't doesn't you know doesn't shake out well for Nebraska in this one, unfortunately. And uh, I didn't I like this game once I saw Illinois' success early in the year and what they've been able to do, and obviously what they're able to do going into Wisconsin and, and beating them up there. That I'm like, oh, boy. This is, you know, it's easy, it's easy to look at Illinois and say, oh, there's there's a potential win. But then you see them playing like, man, they've gotten better from year one, year two with Bielema than what they're able to go up to Madison and do. Is uh, it was pretty alarming. So I'm like, man, that that does not suit well for us in the you know the last last weekend of October. Jay Moore with this big red wrap up on Nebraska Public Media tonight. Jay co-hosts, of course, uh, big red wrap up, and uh, also uh, Jay Bird with uh, the NFL with the Niners for a lot of years. Jay, uh, you know why? Answer me this. And Elijah and I have been beating this up for a lot of the season when it comes to either development or recruiting, but why is Nebraska so thin? Why is Nebraska running out an Ernest Hausman who was playing high school ball last year? Yeah, he's physically gifted, and maybe he's shown the most on practice field. That's one possible answer, but there's too many situations where Nebraska doesn't have uh, a plan B behind some guys that might be struggling uh, that start. How come it's how come Nebraska is where they're at? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, strictly from a development issue. You know, I I don't know the. I'm not a huge recruiting guy. I don't. That shocks me. You've not changed in the years. Okay. <laughs> no, well, I just don't put much stock into that because I just don't think it matters. I mean, it matters to an extent, but it only matters if you're able to develop the guys as well. I mean. It's rare that you can't just get a, you know a roster full of five stars. It's like, hey, here you go, come start and play. It's, it's you, you know if you're able to get some high four you know four stars and maybe you know somehow we sprinkle in those five stars every now and then, then okay, then then the, you might have the discussion. But you have to you have to develop your guys and and you have to and it's, it's hard, right? Because it, it's so tricky because you you want to be able to get the high level guys and. You'd think they're they're able to come in and plug and play and, and do some things, but it's just it's it's a lot to ask for for you know an eighteen nine year old kid that steps foot on campus and it's it's a different ball game. I don't care what high level of football you played at. I don't care if you're playing five A in Texas. You know, it's this, this is a whole different ball game. You know, everyone's a everyone's you know a, a four star um, recruit essentially. You know, and you. you it takes a toll on some guys mentally when they step into that. You know, they're, they're, they went from an alpha dog now to, you know, bottom of the totem pole. And that, that takes the guys some time to develop. But, you know, if, you're, if you have the right system in place, you know, you're able to fall back on, you know, a junior or, or a senior who's a walk-on who just plays special teams. And he's kind of earned his way. He's learned the system. He's been in the meetings. That's, that's the way it should be, you know. You're, you know. You might, in some instances, have to throw a, a true freshman in there to play, i.e., a, a Fabian Washington or Ralph Brown or whoever it may be to come in and step up. But it's hard to ask a, a linebacker to step in day one and, and say, "Here, hey, hey man, uh, here you go." And what, whether it's uh, North Dakota or Georgia Southern, like he had to see early on, you know, that's it's, it's hard for anyone. So 
it just comes down. It's, they haven't developed right. You know, we, we know Nebraska hasn't practiced right. I don't think, you know, Frost and some of the staff, you know, put, you know, the, the, the effort was is definitely, um, I have to question it. But just, you got, you got to get these guys ready to, to go, you know, when they step on campus. And if they're, if you're able to play right away, great. But if not, you have to be, have a foundation and plan for these guys to say, okay, how, how, how are we going to get these guys ready? Because you just can't think that the freshman is going to have the, the whereabouts, the know-it-all to just do that. You have to have a plan. You have to almost – there has to be some hand-holding in, in college. I mean, these are still young kids to make sure they're doing what needs to get done. Uh, to develop and do the right things, and it's and it's a lot of it comes from just getting your head kicked in a year or two on scout team. That's how I got developed. Jim Morris, you know, I, I played my sophomore year, so that's it's you. You have to go through those issues. Jaybird, we'll be watching tonight. Thanks for giving us a few minutes, man, before showtime. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, fellas. Appreciate you. There he is, black yep. shirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore with us here on Hale Varsity. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Jay Moore. Big Red Wrap Up. See Jay Bird tonight, seven o'clock, and uh, catch him with uh, Nebraska Public Media. Appreciate Jay for stopping by in hour one. It was Mitch Sherman, and we'll hear from Marcus Washington, Husker Wideout, here in about fifteen minutes. Open phone lines here if you want to jump in at four six six three seven. 766-3776-800-825-5865. We've talked a little bit here on uh, Mickey and judging the job he has done and the job that needs to, to get done for the consideration. I think this. I think if you're Trev... And what you've seen is appealing. Say you say you say you go four and one, three and two. I'm not saying he will. I'm saying say that's how you go out, and they're competitive. Then I think you're you're good. I think you're good, and you let Mickey put his staff together. Uh, otherwise, you you got to know that. Okay, let's lock up our guy here after Wisconsin, have it done, and then you're making your announcement after Iowa. But you you get the uh, <laughs> the hay in the barn. Sorry, <laughs> but you you go you go that route. You you figure it out between now and the end of Wisconsin versus uh, okay, where are we at? Where are we? Okay. Yes, did, did you want to take my call? Do you want $9 million, $8 million? Would you keep Mickey? Can you keep Mickey? I mean, you got to have all that knocked out. Probably post-Wisconsin because these next three will, will help shape it out for you because, I mean, hell, Michigan is in that mix as well. Minnesota follows Illinois. And you got to have a, an answer, a decision post-Wisconsin Iowa should just be whether you're going bowling or not. And by then, you will probably have seen enough of Mickey to make a judgment call. Whether he's at six already or just shy of six or has no chance of getting to six. Well, this next month's going to be crucial because, as I was saying earlier, I think just being reasonable here, 
to put yourself in the shoes of, of Trev, you've had enough time to develop, as I said earlier, a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. I think over this next month is, is the point where, I mean, when I talk about those plans, that means there's probably mutual interest both ways. And now over the next month, you as Trevor are working on getting a, a handshake deal in place with these guys, working through some, some finer details, seeing if the interest is real or if it was just, you know what? I got it's a raise from my current employer. Yes, yeah, it sounded like a good <laughs> idea at the time, but now University of Baylor, University of Kansas, or whoever, whichever name you like, said, oh, we'll, we'll give you a raise. Or, you know what, you decided based on how the results went to finish the year that you actually don't want to leave. That, that's what this next month becomes. Matt Campbell's 3-9. and nine. I know I said I don't want to win the press conference, but this would go over like a lead balloon. <laughs> but, yeah. Mickey, how we doing? <laughs> well, that's why, why I think Mickey's got to work over the next month. It's a crucial month for him because it's, it's do or die time for him as well as for Trev. In terms of this coaching search, Trev's got his got his guys. He's got his plans. He's going to be working through those plans, and Mickey all the while is trying to convince Trev to not go with those plans. That's sure, the simplest way to put it. And as you said, I, I agree with you. I think you have to have a, an agreement in place post Wisconsin game. That might not be pen to paper. That might just be a handshake deal. Mm-hmm. But you need to know who your guy is after that Wisconsin game, and then Monday after Iowa game, you're you're putting pen to paper and you're getting things announced, you're getting things signed. You want to give that guy as much as possible as time to get his recruiting class in place before the early signing period in December, and you need to have that locked up probably the next business day after Iowa, which is Monday. That's when you have to have that guy lined up just to give him enough time. If if you reach that point and you don't have a coach lined up, there's warning bells going off for me. Well, how many people said no? That, exactly. That's, that's what you start thinking. So, and, and I think in that case, if if you have that many people saying no, that you don't have anything lined up post Iowa, you don't want Mickey to be your fall, your your backup plan, your your fallback guy. But is that yeah, what it, is that what there, it becomes? There, well, it, it does, and that sounds really bad, considering he's done a hell of a good job. To and this and I don't think he deserves to be a, a fallback guy. That's what no. I'm saying. With with this next well, month, it's crucial for him to change listen, his mind. You're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna if you're gonna pay him. To, to stay one way or the other. Maybe he wins the job, wins it, wins you over, and he's going to be making a, a lot of zeros, or he's going to still be making a lot of zeros to go back to associate head coach, wide receiver, recruiting coordinator, and, and give him a boatload. I mean, let's talk money for a moment. I mean, the next guy is going to have to get if you're prying somebody away. And you're going to be in that six to nine million dollar window. Well, even even if you're not, you're, even if you're, you're not guy away, pool. even if you're going with Mickey Joseph, you can't turn around and give Mickey Joseph a, a lesser contract than Scott Frost based on, him, on the work he's done. he's done. He's done a ten times better job in a shorter window. You've got to at least give him the exact same amount, if not more. That, that's that's your baseline for what this next coach is going to be. Oh, there's no way you're. I mean, I, I know, it, Tre, I know. Trev is very calculated financially. But no, you, the next guy's got to be at six or more. And it's easy for me to say and spend that money. But, but it's, I do it's, know it's a get, slap in the face to any candidate that would make less than what Scott Frost was making at Nebraska. You're not even, you're not even offering that. No. You're, there's no way. It's, it's a slap in the face. It's as simple as that. The, the, the economics of college football mean that coaching prices are going to continue to rise for that simple reason right there. You're going to pay a guy to go seven and five, $9.5 million, and occasionally hit an 11 and two season. Look at Michigan State, right? I mean, that they kind of set the market. Uh, let's hear from Mickey Joseph specifically what he wants from this team to finish the season. And uh, Mickey commented, because it is a five-game season, this is, uh, I call it the death march, man. You've got monsters in front of you. 
keeping with a Halloween theme here of offensive and defensive lines and running backs. A lot of energy, but we need to execute. We need we, with this football team. This football team is a really good football team when we execute in all three phases. So we're preaching to them that we need to execute. We need to execute the game plan. You know, and a little bit more from Mickey on the job, right? Mickey was asked about that as well. I'm not going to make the decision if I get the job. I'm not going to make the decision. You know, that's going to be the administration that's going to make the decision if I get the job or not. So I got to just continue to get this team to get better every week and try to win football games. Mickey did talk about the the mood of the offensive line. We've spent a lot of time talking about the big guys up front, and uh, that is going to be uh, ultra key here as you, you round out October and you head into November. Well, we beat up. You know, we beat up up front. You know, we beat up, we down a couple of starters, but I feel good about them. I feel good about the bye week they had, and I feel felt good about their practice this morning. So they still giving us really good effort, and they really um, practice them really hard. So the dreaded Malachi Coleman question answer fiasco. Mickey, uh, Mickey uh, said a recruit's name out loud. Gasp with me. That's a no-no for the NCAA. You're not getting to uh, put in the, the timeout chair like SMU because of it. Fairly certain Nebraska's compliance already reported, and the NCAA is like, oh, mistake, no worries. I think things are okay. But uh, Mitch Sherman had asked a question about who Mickey's leaning on. Who's he talking to? Uh, when it comes to the interim or taking over a team. He's talked to Vance, his brother, who's had to do it. And he's talked to Coach O. And and then Mickey was was interrupted. We got Malachi, you Have you know. Had a chance to talk to him? Yes. How'd that conversation go? Well, he said it six months ago he wasn't coming here. So you put the pieces together. <laughs> and on one hand, you said a recruit's name. On the other, look what I've done in a short amount of time versus some other guys. A couple of, uh, I don't know if they were intended shots, but Mickey's honest. Said what was on his mind. He's real. Doesn't sugarcoat Elijah. And he laid it out there. Well, it was six months ago he wasn't coming here. Fair enough. Not wrong. Not wrong at all. I mean, the, the comments aren't they aren't world-ending by any means. It's, it's nothing too special in the comments. It's nothing that we, we haven't heard before. It's something that we don't know. It's more the, 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 the outrage comes from the fact, or outrage isn't even the right word, but the drama comes from the fact that he did mention a name uh, of a recruit. And when you go dive into the NCAA laws, it's still a gray area whether or not this is permissible because he didn't talk about the recruitment itself. He didn't talk about what a guy can bring to the field now that he's in the fold, he just kind of talked about a recruitment generally. The third part of that rule is mentioning recruit's name. But right? but that's the, the smallest aspect of the thing is just mentioning a name. This is going to get swept under the rug. I don't think it's going to matter at all. And, and some people are going, well, he's committed. It's okay. Well, the, the, the law says committed. By committed, they mean signed their national letter of intent. So this is by the letter of the law, not permissible by the NCA. But it's also like... This is not going to be a situation where Trev is going to pull Mickey up post-practice tomorrow and make him stand there with his arms crossed while Trev talks about how they broke NCAA. No, no, this, this is not a 
face the music, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed moment. (laughs) (laughs) Get up here. Come on. Uh, Right. I mean, that was the most awkward craziness ever. The only thing missing was being pulled by your ear, like you're screaming in church and get up, you know, so confidence. It's high per Mickey. Let's hear from cut 14 and uh, where this team's at coming off a bye. They still control their own destiny, but you know what? I think their confidence are there right now. They believe that they can win. You know, just just noticing on the flight home after the Purdue game and the look on their face, they were hurt. They were, they were hurt. They were upset that they they let that game go. You know that. And I got like I said, I got to do better with them. I gotta I gotta get them over that hump. But they um they're a different team. They're a different team. Totally agree. From what you see, as as bad as the defense was against Purdue, this is where you freak. This is where you need uh, a little whiskey at the single barrel Friday night when you come see us four to six. This is where you need a little bit of red beer ahead of Nebraska-Illinois kickoff single barrel 11.30 to 1.30 when we're there Saturday. Just to, to calm your nerves because um, they – the, the transitive property here is if Purdue's going to go for 180 on you, Illinois' O-line with Chase Brown's going to go for four bills. Well, and as we talked about last week, the or two weeks ago, I should say, the, the theme of Purdue, what was on the line was, is Nebraska going to be in, ten, in contention for the Big Ten West or are they going to be in contention for a bowl game? I still think that holds true. I still think despite all the craziness in the Big Ten West, Nebraska still is not in contention to go win the Big Ten West. I don't think they're good enough right now. But what's on the, on the line for this Illinois game is – how are these final five games going to go? If you lose this one bad, the confidence from this team is going to be shot because you're going, you're in the the home stretch here, the stretch of, of difficult opponents, and and it doesn't get any easier from here. If you can not out muscle but match muscle, gives th- you confidence. That'll give you confidence for next week. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code gbr he's in his 30s but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other now say my name it's schmitty on hail varsity radio i got the body of a taut preteen swedish boy few minutes here, Hale Varsity Radio. Marcus Washington joins us ahead of Illinois Week. And tell me about the bye. What'd you do? How'd you relax? How'd you recharge? Uh, I actually went back home, uh, spent time with my son, um, just chilled. I watched college football games. Uh, just focused back up for the season, for the remainder of the season. How old's the little guy? Uh, he's eight months now, eight months. A good, good kid for sure. Well, his hands as good as yours? Yeah, for sure, for sure. He might be a basketball player, though. We don't know. We're going to see. Time will tell when that time comes. 
Well, uh, guys had uh, quite a bit of momentum heading into Purdue, and uh, uh, the offense able to do some work quick strike-wise. Uh, what, what do you take away from Purdue as you try and gear back up for Illinois? A uh, big message around here just been we got to execute at all phases and at all times can't be kind of spurty and, you know, like just go on runs. We need to um, be more consistent with our execution and um, just work on that in practice and hopefully it shows on Saturday. A few minutes here, Marcus Washington with us, Hale Varsity Radio. So consistency is how is that um, kind of honed every day in practice with Mickey and and uh, the offensive group, uh, there's there's been quite a jump offensively. You guys are putting up a lot of points. Uh, consistency just comes from repetitive work, uh, working until you can't get it wrong, not until you get it right. So just keep on grinding, working hard in practice, and um, that's where the consistency will come in because you do it all the time, and it becomes a part of who you are and not, and what you do. So. Tell me about how you approach practice. Is it chance to go get better, that mindset, or is it more of a grind, kind of liking it to going and working out for us old guys, right? It's something I know we got to do. Uh, with you, though, I mean, what's what's your attitude towards practice? I look at practice as an opportunity to get better every day. Um, just like, like outside of football, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world and eating family members, friends that I grew up with that – don't got this opportunity. Uh, they had, they're not at this number, uh, university practicing. They don't get to practice. They got to work out. I mean, they got to go through life in a different way. And so that's how I look at it. Just blessed for this opportunity to go and work. So I look at it as, as like I get to go to practice and go hard. And that's how I take. That's how I go hard. What do you like most about uh, Whipple's offense? And what uh, what? choices there are between uh, routes, route combinations, and, and of course your quarterback. Uh, I love Whip's offense. Uh, definitely a genius when it comes to making up and creating plays. I just like the uh, the variety of routes he has in his offense. Uh, gives me a chance to run different different sets of routes all the time. So That's what I appreciate about his offense. Got a lot of history with Casey. What makes him a special quarterback? Uh, his preparation into every week. Um, just his preparation going into every week makes him a special quarterback. He takes the mental side of the game very serious, and uh, that's pretty. That's pretty much what makes him very special. You look at what Trey was able to do uh, against Purdue. You've had uh, good ball games as well. Do you anticipate uh, more opportunity if there's a little more attention towards Trey this week and beyond? Uh, we just going to see how the game goes. Uh, if they want to play a man, if they want to double them, bracket them or whatever, that's what we're going to see what they what they decide to do. And from there, that's how we're going to work off. If if the opportunities come to me to make the plays, I'm going to make them. If they come to trade, we're going to go to whoever. We all going to make the plays. So that's how I kind of look at it. You know, with uh, being a whiteout, you've got a block and you do that extremely well and you get open. What's your what's your favorite type of route to go? I mean, what, what do you love doing uh, out in the open field as a whiteout? Uh, I got a lot of favorite routes. Um, I like post a lot. I like uh, digs, all the intermediate routes. I'm real good. I really wouldn't say I have a favorite route. I um. I like I like I just like route running in general. I like the art of route running. Anyone you model your game after, or is there a wideout in the NFL you really like? Most definitely, Keenan Allen. I've been looking at him since 
like growing up and then recently I've been studying Justin Jefferson a lot. I like his game and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. That's why I try to model my game after those three, take bits and pieces from each of their game and incorporate it into my Marcus Washington, a couple minutes with us, Hale Varsity Radio. What sticks out about Illinois? Uh, they play, they're really aggressive on defense. They mano y mano, man across the board. Uh, very aggressive. They play with confidence. Uh, I give them that. And, uh, that's pretty much what sticks out about them. Physicality, are they one of the more physical teams you've seen on film? Uh, I don't go off physicality on film. I got That's just something I kind of got to feel. I'm not saying they're not physical or saying they are physical, but I got to see that personally for myself. What uh, what atmosphere are you expecting? Uh, I'm like a sellout. It's always sellout in Nebraska. I forgot the streak number, but it's a lot. So good atmosphere, fun atmosphere, good football playing atmosphere. Does it get you cranked up? No, I go into every game the same way. Uh, not too high, not too low. You just come to um, complete the mission, complete the task. Is that something you've had to learn in your career as far as the, uh, the consistency or the, the mindset part of treating it all the same? Most deaf, most deaf. I definitely didn't come in like with the mental aspect of the game coming in from high school. Uh, first, two, first struggles was like just learning the playbook coming out of high school. Then just really watching, learning how to watch film, learning how to practice the right way, learning how to go about everything. So definitely took time to come along. Any mentors for you along the way that help kind of point you in the right direction? Uh, my brother and my dad and my mom, I keep it uh, in a circle. I talk to them about anything, how I'm feeling. They know exactly, since they raised me, you know, they know exactly how I'm feeling, where my head at, and they always lead me in the right direction. Marcus, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Appreciate your time. Marcus Washington, good to hear from him. Elijah, listen, man, he could... He could break out. He's had big moments. He's had some great catches. He's a nice option. Palmer is going to get the attention. He'll have the attention of Illinois. But Nebraska has a pretty good luxury here of wide receiver choices, not only with Palmer and and what he can do to a defense, but Washington's so good and so willing uh, over the middle. I mean, that dig route's key, but those two together, along with Alante and Vokalek, are – and then you have Oliver Martin. I mean, Nebraska is going to go to work, time permitting, <laughs> and uh, and see what they can do against this back seven. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's as Mickey said. I'm not sure if we we played this comment yet, but uh, Illinois. Do you want to? Well, it's it's Illinois doesn't surprise you with anything they do defensively. Yeah, they'll bring some blitzes from some weird places. Uh, they'll line up pre-snap a little bit weird. But but for the most part, whenever you watch their film, it's a lot of man on the outside with cover one. I think Nebraska's goal in this game is to force Illinois to do something they're not as comfortable in. If you can take advantage of their cover one early in that first half, they're going to have to figure out something. They're going to have to go too high safety, which is not something they put on film a whole bunch this year. They may have to go zone, another thing that they don't do a whole lot of this season. So if you can take them out of their comfort zone, it uh, means very, very good things for Nebraska, and especially guys like Marcus Washington, because I'm assuming here on a Tuesday that if Nebraska does take Illinois out of what they're comfortable with, it's because of a guy like Trey Palmer, his ability to take the top off. Or dare I say a guy like Tommy Hill, a guy with a lot of athleticism. I think he may have been injured at the, uh, at the end of the last game. Unsure what his status is. We didn't hear from Mickey about it today. But as of right now, I'm expecting him to play, and maybe he's got a role in this offense because he seems like a guy who can take the top off of a cover one. It's Elijah Herbal. Chris Schmidt will wind down a Tuesday. Tale of our city were presented by Currency. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. 
are on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time out of Tuesday. Big thanks to Marcus Washington, Mitch Sherman, and Big Red Wrap-Ups, Jay Moore. Uh, on the show tomorrow, we'll run down Mike Babcock. Hope to spend time with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Fired up, Searle's going to be with us. Talk some O-line in Nebraska, Illinois on Thursday. Uh, Searle's part of that, uh, that ball. Well, hold on. He had graduated. Searle's went unbeaten against the Illini. Remember the ugly uniform game? It was a night game. The all-red Against Illinois, where Randy, Randy Gregory, Gregory hit. murdered somebody. Yeah. I remember that was one of the first games I streamed on my cell phone. I was, uh, I believe, an eighth grader at the time. God, I feel old. I think I, I think I was an eighth grader. Maybe I was a freshman in high school. I can't remember. One of the two. But uh, I was at my uh, brother's marching band competition. I was sitting in the stands watching the game, not watching the marching bands. And You were watching football. I was watching football. I remember seeing that hit. Because that was, was, the game was a little dicey at times. Well, it was explosive uh, until they weren't. Well, I was going to say, that, that, that Randy Gregory hit on the interception really kind of sealed the deal. That was kind of the nail in the coffin. To pick six or, or nearly. Kenny Bell had a big game. No, it's funny. We heard the Gary Michaels ad uh, in their anniversary sale. Nevada had a, a tailgate under the viaduct. My wife was down, and she we were going to go to the game, but we just kept pouring Coors in the old red Solo Cup and just... <laughs> Had a good old time, and you know somebody had the uh, satellite set up, and it was just perfect night, perfect fall night. Man, uh, I I don't know that Nebraska is going to get a night game with Minnesota. I don't think so, based on how uh, Minnesota has been playing. Reminder to get buckled up. Use your seatbelt; it saves lives, prevents injuries. Only if properly worn. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Kirk Ferentz, do we have time, Kirk? making sure that you know he's not a media member. Yeah, I think it started, uh, I complimented the guys on Sunday, just, you know, because um, during the questioning, uh, in some cases interrogation on Saturday that I, I uh, uh, experienced. And the one good thing about that, it dawned on me coming home, you know. I said, man, as bad as today was, it could have been worse, because I could have been that guy, you know. I could have been that guy, like, had his job and had to act like he did, so... Yeah, it could be a hell of a lot worse, right? Things aren't all bad. Uh, so, but one thing I did on Sunday was just compliment uh, our players the way they've handled. It's not fun to stand up in front of, a, you know, tough questions when you when you went through a loss like we did. Our guys handled with a lot of class, and uh, they stand up and stand up for each other. So I think that just you know it, uh, it's worth complimenting our guys. I think it's uh, genuine to who they are. And my experience, and we've been through you know two loss streaks or three loss streaks last four years. We've we've experienced either two or three in, in all four of the seasons. And the only way I know to come out of it is everybody's just got to work hard, and it does take leadership. It takes ownership, and that's coaches and players. And uh, it ain't just going to happen if the, if the coaches are the only ones invested, then you're, you're out of luck. But, you know, we've been fortunate four years in a row. We've had really good teams here, good character teams, and I feel that way about these guys. I've felt good about these guys since we started in January. And, you know, I can't predict what's going to happen record-wise moving forward, but, I you know, I think we'll keep pushing, keep working, and that's that's what we're seeing at least uh, right now is two. Thank you, Kirk. So, okay, little shot at the media. It's all good, but you better figure out your offense, man, because your fans are purposefully not going. 
Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. Take care. A Huda Media Production.